made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Good News Show here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, this is going to be a unique program in many ways, uh, as I'll explain in a moment. First of all, I'm not in our studio in North Texas. I made kind of a spontaneous trip down to Austin, Texas, and it was all because of this guy right across the table from me. I had uh, received an email last week from Jonathan Sines, the founder and president of Texas Values, and he said, hey, I'm willing to come on and talk about the election, and I said at that time, I said, I don't have anything until next Monday, uh, meaning today, and so I booked it, and he's based in Austin, and so I texted him yesterday and i said i'm coming down <laughs> and so and here you are dave and uh it's good to see your place and uh, oh, thanks absolutely. so much for being on the on, for welcoming me in most people yeah. don't allow me into their offices so th- <laughs> this is really nice well you are welcome anytime and it's great to have you here too because you know one of the things our office is two blocks from the state capitol we're on congress a lot of activity at different times of the year. A lot of times people come in to do different work, things that we care about, interests we have, values we share. And we love that our conference room can be used in this space because it's in proximity to a lot of you know important things that are happening at different times of the year. But it gives me a chance to kind of you know give something back. You have me on the radio all the time, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Have you been in our new studio? I know you've been in our old studio. I think everything I think we've been so. doing has been on the phone. But let me uh, let me put the pa- the pause button on Jonathan for just a second because yeah. I want to tell you about the second half of the show and also bring into the conversation Cecil Anderson, who did not get to come down to Austin. I know. But- I didn't get an invitation. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, But yeah, sometimes I just like to be a little spontaneous. Mm -hmm. So here I am. But uh, yes, we're going to talk the first half of the program, Jonathan Signs. And as the name of his organization implies, you know, they're about upholding, uh, you know, Judeo Christian Texas values here in Texas. It's a great state, it's the envy of many people. That's why they're all all coming coming here. And uh, the second half of the program, since it is the the second Monday of the month, we have what we call our Young Catholic Professional segment of the show. And uh, Jen Baugh was going to be on with us. I understand she's not, but Sissel is going to be hosting the second half of the show. And her guest is Andrew Spangler, who is the Young Catholic Professional New VP of Mission Development. They're going to be talking about evangelization and how non-salesy people (laughs) can feel comfortable sharing their faith and attempting to win souls for Christ. So, Cecil, you'll be uh, handling the the heavy lifting for that one. Anything else you want to say to to kind of highlight what you'll be talking about? Well, we got some very interesting topics that we're going to be discussing, especially since right now we're in a very divided and weighed down kind of season of especially for young people, I think, in our lives right now. So um, we're going to be discussing a little bit about how to continue seeking Christ in that. So I think it's going to be a great conversation. 
All right, very good. So he'll be on the phone, and Cecil will be in studio. And uh, one other thing, real quickly, we want to talk about before we begin our conversation with Jonathan. I have so many questions to ask him in so little time about what's Oh, going I have on. all the answers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Cecil, we have uh, some new twists to the Stick Up for 910 uh, campaign. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, yeah. We decided it'd be fun to add, um, I guess, an extra incentive to help us get bumper stickers on cars across North Texas. This is part of our Stick Up for 910 AM campaign where we are to commemorate our 14 years on the air we're trying to get 1400 new bumper stickers on cars and now we're adding a raffle element to it so basically what we need you to do is to take a selfie or a picture of your um 910 a.m. bumper sticker, whether it's on your car. I heard some people put them on their recycling bins, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, so wow, that's nice. It's kind of yeah. out on the street, which is really cool. Um, and take a picture of it and either email it to us at kth at grnonline.com, or you can post it in our Facebook group, which is grndfw. And if you go there now, I have um, put up a post where you can comment the co- photo below it. And every week until December 12th, we're going to be doing a raffle um, of all the people who have posted pictures. And win All right. awesome prizes. <clears throat> yeah, and I want to say that I have several of the the Fatima movie DD, DVDs, the Fatima movie that just came out uh, just recently. And are we doing the first drawing on Friday, right? Yes. Okay, so anybody who sends us a picture of them in their car, I actually put one on Jonathan Science's car when I got here today because I parked right next to him. There's not a lot of room left on the back of my car in this election season. Yeah, right. I found one space. I'm I'm kidding. Don't go running off to your car. Hey, if there's one vehicle that you can put a bumper sticker on, it's mine. I'm used to that. That's yeah. yeah, I I saw you got a few. It's just a roving marketplace back there. Yeah, and so, anyways, uh, I'm. I'm going to give away one of the DVDs of Fatima by Friday. So send us your picture at that email, kth at grnonline.com, and uh, let's get some of those stickers on cars. So, all right, Cecil. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get the conversation going with Jonathan again. Uh, Jonathan is the founder and president of Texas Values. You can find him online at txvalues.org. And they have an event actually coming up this Friday night in North Texas at the Galleria Weston, right? Yes, we're going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth, greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. Very excited about it. Our annual gala for Texas Values is on November 13th. That's Friday from 6 to 9. VIP reception starts at 6, dinner at 7. We've got a great program. Uh, A lot of stuff going on elections. Someone who was involved in a very important election was a member of Congress who was reelected. Chip Roy is going to be one of our speakers. He is uh, from the Central Texas area, very pro-life, strong on religious liberty and values. And then Matthew West, who is a contemporary Christian singer, is going to be our keynote speaker. He's bringing his guitar. He's going to sing live in person. He usually sings to about 20,000, 30,000 people. We're limiting this event for a lot of responsible reasons to 300 people. Okay. And we got about 15 tickets left. TXValues.org. You can see Matthew West, Chip Roy, and a lot of great folks from around the Dallas Fort Worth area that care about the work that we're doing. Elected officials, grassroots people, you know, faithful Christians. So, txvalues.org get those tickets november 13th for the texas values gala i i'm looking forward to it i'll be there of course right at this event and i've seen matthew west he played my guitar oh Dave, right. at an event we had here in the austin area in september 
And, uh, you know, I was just like this teenage kid, right? I was like, wow. Matthew you know, Cuss is but, playing my guitar. Um, yeah. But, I mean, look, when you have people who, like him, he wrote the title song for the pro-life movie Unplanned. People mm-hmm. don't know that, okay? Abby Johnson's movie about her conversion, the movie Unplanned, he wrote a song called Unplanned. So he's not only just a Christian artist, he's now a part of the pro-life movement. As a matter of fact, he's going to speak at the March for Life in January up in D.C. So he's really kind of... Um, getting himself a little bit more identified in things you and I talk a little bit more about and that we care about. So November 13th, txvalues.org, Texas right. Values Gala. Very good. Please uh, visit that website. Let's talk about what happened on Tuesday because this nation, this country, this state, I think if, if you're paying attention, you're unsettled, we yeah. all qu- don't quite know what's going on. I do want to talk, uh, obviously, about the presidential election. But before we do that even, uh, give us kind of a overview of what you think was accomplished or what your overall sure. things, not just about the presidential election, but especially when it comes to Texas. Was it a good election as far as Texas and Catholic Christian values go? Yeah, well, look, it was, gosh, wow, what an active election season. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have a presidential year, you can expect turnout is going to be higher. Uh, but we saw some historic highs. I mean, you, you saw some counties that were voting over 80%. You just don't see that. Uh, the last time we had a presidential election, it was at 60%. I think we were close statewide to 70 percent i mean so you had a huge turnout a lot of attention i think amongst catholics because the life issue was getting a lot of attention you had a supreme court nominee um, who a lot of people felt like could be the key vote from president trump um, to overturn roe versus wade if that issue gets teed up again which likely it will and so you saw a lot of things happening on the life movement where was abby johnson's speech at the rnc convention so just a lot of activity where i think people that care about the life issue as catholics do were engaged plus you had a Catholic on the other side of the ballot at the at the federal level. But at the state level, the key was what's going to happen to the Texas House. Okay, some congressional races, don't get me wrong, but at the state level, it was, is the Texas House going to be Republican-controlled? Is it going to be Democrat-controlled? And so, for, in my opinion, as a Catholic myself, a lot of people that care and, and really hold true to what the church says, a lot of them do vote for conservative candidates, Republican candidates, if you will. And so the chances of the life issues of religious liberty, of things of of value, taking care of of each other, protecting the ability to do that. Those values, I feel like, prevailed more because of of what the Texas House is going to look like. You've got now, uh, really it stayed the same, a split of Republicans, 83, Democrats, 67. And so, and look, I, you know, I'm not trying to get into partisanship, but there, that is how these things play out. The mm-hmm. more that you see people that are elected as Republicans, typically that's where you see the life issue, you see the religious freedom issue, the respect for the church. Dave, I don't know if you know this, but there were some churches that were having services in their parking lot, and police were circling the block while they were in the parking lot. Right. And so there has been an attack on the church like we've never seen because of the virus issue. I think government officials have just gotten out of control. We're working on making sure the church is considered essential. Right. It should not be within question, but it's become to that point. Those things, I feel like uh, in many ways, were on the ballot. And so. Um, I think Texas really held its ground in the ability to protect conservative Catholic values, Christian values, protecting religious liberty, protecting life, standing up, being able to not be punished because you think marriage is between a man and a woman as it always has been designed. And so, um, so that really, things kind of held their ground. 
um, really in a climate where, you know, those values were being outspent three to one as it relates to um, how it played out on the ballot. And so that's, I think, a good message that in Texas, Texans care about the issues of life. They care about religious liberty. They care about traditional uh, values of marriage between a man and a woman. They care about not having explicit things being talked about and taught in issues of sex education. Um, they care about nuns not having to go to the Supreme Court so mm. they don't have to be forced to give out contraception. Yeah, Think about that every time you say that. Nuns being forced to carry coverage and give out contraception. Yeah, it just, it's crazy. It, it, but... That, you know, those are some of the things that we see playing out. And so Texas held its ground in that regard. And I think for people that have those, uh, those traditional Catholic values, that's something that they can be encouraged by. But, um, you know, look, we've got a legislative session coming up. And so we'll see how it plays out. A couple of new members, some seats that flip back one way or another that uh, kept us, you know, kept things at that number in the Texas House. Um, but I think that's, that's Texas though. And so things didn't exactly play out that way in different parts uh, of the country. Trump did win Texas. If you want to look at it from that sense, what does that mean? The president, Republicans wanted a smaller margin than before. Does that mean something? But uh, but on the on down the ballot, um, not a whole lot changed. There was a change in power, excuse me, in a seat at the State Board of Education. That gives me some concern about our values here in Central Texas. Uh, but overall, that that's a you know we didn't see a whole lot change. All right, Jonathan Sines joining me here for the first half of the Good News Show today. And if you want to call in, Cecil, I have to let me know if we have a call since I am here live in Austin at his uh, office, right in the middle of uh, Austin. Uh, we're two, <laughs> two blocks from the Capitol Center. We, we are. We're on Congress. I mean, yeah. we're about at the epicenter of the downtown Austin area in the you know, the seat of government. Yeah, I, I, I feel, get. I mean, I, there's a palpable feeling, yeah. at least that I got as I'm driving in, that we're right at the uh, right where it all's happening, you know, from a, a legislative standpoint here in Texas. Uh, 877-757-9424. If you have a question for Jonathan Sines, again, he's having his big gala this Friday night in North Texas. 877-757-9424. Uh, from a national perspective, yeah. one of the big stories that came out of this was the, the House not only went, um, and, and again, like you say, we're not, we're not being partisan, but when we talk about values in yeah. this point, the, the Republicans tend to be, be a whole lot more pro-life, more sure. religious liberty, but a lot of pro-life, particularly women, winning House seats in yeah. the U.S. House of Representatives. Did you see that coming? And, it, and, and of course, the Senate is still kind of up for grabs. We don't know what's going to happen, especially in Georgia. We'll talk a little bit about that. But there was, even on the national level, a lot of uh, victories for life, weren't there? Yeah, there were. And look, I mean, look at the leaders of the pro-life movement, if you will. I mean, it's been around for, you know, four decades, if not almost five now. Um, I mentioned one of them early, right? Abby Johnson. You know, you see her voice a lot. She's, I think her conversion was now 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it seems like it hadn't been that long. She's one of the strongest voice. Talk about a pro-life woman. You look at women like Lila Rose, who is, you know, I mean, I think um, was born several years after the Roe versus Wade decision. She's one of the younger people in the pro-life movement, but a pro-life woman. And you just look at some, you know, you look at groups like the Susan B. Anthony list, which is largely run and uh, led by women. That is what the pro-life movement looks like. And so to see women that are Republican, that are conservative, that are in these leadership positions that are running from office, it's really a reflection of where a lot of these values are and what people care about. 
And so, um, and not that, not that that's the only issue that the women that ran and won in those uh, races care about, but it certainly is very important in uh-huh. that, that identity to be able to connect and see that played out in a candidate can matter a lot. And, um, I mean, look at, you know, the recent Supreme Court nominee, um, Amy Coney Barrett, a lot of attention on really her upbringing and background. And so I think that's a lot of reflection of some of the, uh, and it can create some enthusiasm and some interest. Um, and that movement has just been getting stronger. So I think that's a, a really encouraging sign. One of the things that came out, if you trust the polls and the, the data and the, 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 that came out after the election, was that President Trump did a lot stronger than I think a lot of people expected across the board with different minority groups. I hear a story, and you may be more familiar with this, of a, a county in South Texas that what I, I was told is the most Hispanic county in the country, you can verify if that is, that county went uh, Republican, it went pro-life. Do you see that the message of values, and not to say these other you know minority groups are not concerned about values, but particularly when it comes to the life issue, do you think it's starting to resonate across the board uh, in, in different demographics where people start to take this, these uh, more Christian, uh, traditional Christian values more seriously? Yeah, I do think it matters a lot. I think it's making more of a difference and you're seeing people decide that they're going to have sort of an independent vote right they're going to allow themselves to consider voting for a different party excuse me based on principle and not so much based on historically who they supported and some of that has been because you see in my opinion uh the democratic party moving further away from any notion of supporting or allowing candidates to be pro-life in in large ways i think planned parenthood is is the big really controller of a lot of what happens on the abortion issue in the Democratic Party. And so that has not served Democrats very well in South Texas. That's allowed Democratic voters or liberal voters or whatever to reconsider. Maybe I'm going to vote for Trump this time, and I didn't last time, or particularly some other candidates. We saw some huge swings um, in, in exit polling and different data as far as election results in these counties along the border and i've got you know some ancestry and history in that area i'm i've been to that area quite a bit and we've got a pastor who works with us pastor jorge tovar who's in laredo you're just seeing a lot of people say you know what i feel like my values aren't being represented it seems like i have options some of that has been um at least the state republican party being more active uh doing more outreach in those different types of areas and so, you know, it seems to be paying off. And uh, But the message has to be right. The principles have to be right for people to even consider, okay, maybe I'll think about uh, voting differently or I'll take a look at this candidate. Um, Governor Abbott spent a lot of time around South Texas. That impacted his election, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick. And so um, I think what we're seeing is if you spend time genuinely and authentically with people, you can have a chance for them to see you've got some things in common instead of saying, oh, this district always votes this way or this area always votes that way and not giving it a second thought. Um, and as the state grows, you see some of that in the urban areas, right? So you look at a statewide election, which a presidential is in one form or another, right? We're, everyone's voting for the president in the state of Texas this time around. And um, in this election cycle, so you think about outreach if in the urban areas like maybe Dallas or Houston and some of those areas becoming a little bit more not supportive of life, you look at, well, what other areas of the state where people might be more receptive to that message? And so it is really interesting. We don't it's, it's hard to make too much of it just yet. 
because you're looking at a lot of this data, but it it is relevant and mm-hmm. it's um, and I think it's a sign of things that are encouraging for the the values you and I care about. Dave. Yeah, Jonathan Science joining us. Uh, Texas Values is his organization. TXValues.org is the website. Nineteen minutes after twelve, this is the Good News Show. We'll be breaking at the bottom of the hour, and then the Young Catholic Professional segment will be in the the second half of the hour with Sissel uh, taking charge. Uh, let's move up a little bit now to the Senate, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, many you know i don't know, i don't know what to believe these days but most people were thinking that the democrats were going to take the senate they thought they were going to take the presidency which of course isn't official yet and if that happened um, many people feared some consequences, you know, stacking the Supreme Court, adding states, uh, you know, some really some bad stuff, especially when it comes to religious liberty and things that I think Catholics and Christians of all stripes of goodwill should be concerned about. Um, we still don't know what's going to happen. Is the epicenter of this battle still those two um, Senate seats in Georgia? Is that where we have to look? And what are your thoughts on those? No, I think so. And you know, um, and, and look, we know it matters. I mean, it always matters. But more recently, we saw a Supreme Court nomination, and we saw how that played out, and how much that can matter. How that margin of difference can really matter. And so, uh, I do think so. I mean, look, I we, you know, I, I'll tell you, my opinion is um, the presidential election has not been settled. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that. It's reasonable to come to that conclusion, whether you're on one side or the other. Um, we know that it's not until December that's, that the Electoral College makes their decision important. The margin of victory was so small. We saw so many states going back and forth, and some after Election Day, right, people still counting votes. We've got all these mail-in ballots and all these issues. I think it's reasonable for people to say, hey, let's see what happens with the process, the lawsuits, and others. And so because that is un- undetermined, at least in my opinion – um, it is going to be a factor, I think, that could motivate uh, both parties to say, boy, we got to make sure we get our people out in the Senate election. Um, it might be something that motivates Republicans a little bit more because they realize, wow, uh, you know, we may not have the presidency. And if we end up not having the Senate and the House, ooh, what does that mean? That's trouble. Right. And so um, you're not that you needed more reasons, but I think that could be a factor that could motivate people uh, to get out more and, you know, be be something that could allow Republicans to maybe have a little bit more strength there. But, um, you know, people are still going to have to show up. The only poll that matters is the ballot box. Yes. I do want to read a statement that was put out, and now we're going to talk uh, for the remainder of our time about the presidential election. Jonathan Sines, the president of Texas Values, joining me, not in our studio, but I'm actually in his office down in Austin. So it's great to be here. Here's a statement from Bishop uh, Michael Olson, the bishop of the Diocese of Fort Worth. He's said, Dear friends in Christ, this is still a time for prudence and patience as the results of the presidential election have not been officially authenticated. It appears that there will be recourse made in the courts, so it is best for us in the meantime to pray for peace in our society and nation and that the integrity of our republic, one nation under God, might be maintained for the common good of all. We need to pray for each presidential candidate that each will maintain a commitment to just and due process in accord with the right reason and the rule of law for the sake of justice and peace. I think that says it all. I think it's a beautiful statement. He's saying 
nothing has been settled, unlike others, even, even um, as my colleague Joe McLean said in his network show this morning, uh, Archbishop Jose Gomez sent out a congratula- congratulations to, uh, air quote, you know, not, uh, President-elect Biden. Um, but anyways, thank you to, to Bishop Olson. I think this is what we need to do. We need to pray. We need to tap the brake, and it's not over, as Jonathan Science has already said. What did you think on Saturday? I, I I was out working on my car. My daughter opens up the garage door and says, Dad, Biden just won the election. And I said, no, they, no, nobody knows that yet. And before I know it, every news outlet is saying that. What did you think Saturday when you got that news? Well, and I was on retreat, okay? I mean, we had a busy election cycle, yeah. as you can imagine, with some of the work that we do, getting information out to people, trying to keep people educated. And so my wife was like, this looks like a good weekend for uh, a retreat. <laughs> Get away. So we did. We had a family retreat, and so I was kind of cut off, if you will, um, and but certainly, I mean, it wasn't. It was within the state of Texas. I didn't have to drive that far. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of some of those things. The discussion was already happening, um, but you know, I do think um, that's a lot of people's experience. This is the media putting out projections. We project this. We project that, and it creates this climate where people think, okay, then that must be what's happening. And some of it is strategic. And I'm not going to get in the minds of, of how the media decides to do that. Um, I, you know, I feel like I disagree with how some of that has played out or, or operated. But I think if you're in the Biden camp, that's part, you know, it's almost strategic. Yeah. Let's kind of make everyone think it's over and, you know, let's move on and really kind of, you know, shaming people into that. And I don't think that's uh, where we should be. And, and I don't. I think it's completely reasonable, as the bishop said, to say, you know, it's a time for peace, a time for prayer, and a time for patience. I mean, we all knew this is how it was going to play out. Even yeah. if, if Trump would have been on the other side, so to speak, and they would have been tr- projecting him to the winner, there was so much going into this election because of the virus issue, mail-in ballots, and, you know, and, and some of the times being stretched out because of the virus, allowing people to vote and more time and so on, that there was already this expectation we wouldn't know the result on election day or the day after. And mm-hmm. so I don't think people should be all that surprised, but I don't think people all should should be uh, forced to say, hey, that um, somehow you should be shamed because you're saying, hey, let's wait. Let's let the process play out. There's lawsuits going on. Uh, a lot of the votes and elections have not been certified by the states nor by the Electoral College. This is our process. We can handle it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we have, um, you know, you've got an incumbent president. And so, but it is a huge election. The presidential is a big deal. And the fact that it was, at least from the numbers we see so far, that it was decided uh, by such a small margin, and in some states, a very small margin, makes complete sense for us to go through the process and make sure the votes that we're seeing are all legal votes that can be certified and that the election is valid. And it's got that strength and confidence moving forward. And we're not there yet. Yeah. Just in the few minutes we have remaining, let me ask you, because there's a lot of things we could talk about. Let's zero in on Pennsylvania. And I want to get your thoughts on this because you are an attorney. Pennsylvania, and I I think you you know all these facts, uh, the decided that they were going to allow votes to come in even after election day, as long as they were postmarked on election day. And so even one, two, three days afterwards, that was against their own state rule. But their Supreme Court said that it's allowed. Now, the federal Supreme Court, some say, may come in, and especially with the help of Amy Coney Barrett, and say, you know what? You broke your own state law. We're overruling your Supreme Court. Do you think that's a possibility? Because if that were to be overturned, that would be a game changer. 
What are your thoughts? I, I do think it's possible. I mean, there's a reason why we have these different branches of government. There's a reason why we have these different higher levels of court cases, and it's not unprecedented. I mean, Bush v. Gore, 2000. I mean, you know, we've seen these things to where the court has played a role in some very close elections. And look, why shouldn't they? Why? Sh- I mean, we should all be saying, let's make sure everyone follows the same rules. Whatever rules were in place on election day should be followed by everyone. And that these government authorities have to be accountable to someone. And so there's a reason why we have this system. I think it should play out. And I think these arguments should be heard. And this is, you know, what makes America great. Okay, is that we've got these type of systems. We've got this appreciation of justice, of fairness. And you want to be able to move forward saying, okay, everyone, you know, follow the same rules that you can have confidence in the election results and that nothing was taken away from someone. And then it wasn't unfair in the way it was handled. Um, because look, you look at the record number of votes, at least from what we're seeing, everyone wants to have confidence that elections do matter. You'd hate to see people come away with this and say, you know what? The fix is always in one way or another. Someone's trying to take it or they're trying to steal it, if you will. And so for the integrity, uh, not only of the election system and process, but for our country, I think it makes a lot of sense for the courts to get in. And they know the importance of this and they know that sometimes that is their role it is to decide and to hold these governments accountable and that is i think how justice uh, prevails that is what i think continues to be something that is unique and special about america is that we all agree in this sense of justice and fairness and this is when it counts the most or or more than in other settings um the president of the united states in our elections yes amen very good um do you want to make any predictions? I mean, I know <laughs> predictions are, you know, that and a 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. But uh, do you have any kind of sense of how this is going to end up? Because we do have a deadline of December 8th, right, that everything has to be filed. So this isn't going to go on more than um, another month. Well, what, 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 what do you or maybe I'm you not going to want to get into the prediction Dave, business. look, I mean, I can't predict. You know, it's 2020. Yeah. Should, I really, should I be really making a prediction about anything? It's, um, here's what yeah. I know is, uh, is Christ is our Savior. Amen. And the freedoms we have in this country are special. They're like no other place. Yeah. We need to hold fast to those. We need to not be afraid. We can handle this type of process and this type of disagreement at times uh, and, and have faith in that. And so, um, you know, look, it, it, as a Catholic, um, you know, prayer means so much to me, right? And so, and, and it's been a reminder to me as well. So I think for people to re- be reminded that there might be, you know, there's going to be an end to some of this at some point, but until we get to that point that it matters for us to to find the information, you know, to, to go through this process and to not be overly disturbed by that, yeah. right? And I think there's a lot of value in that. And so I don't know how it's going to turn out. We'll certainly, wherever we are, when we when we have our gay law on November 13th in Dallas this week, we'll probably have a little bit to say about it. Uh, but we'll certainly be in prayer about it because everyone yeah. that's involved, we all could be benefited by that little bit of time with our Savior, with our Maker, and, um, and focus on that and, and really, you know, looking to each other to say, hey, that is where ultimately our strength lies, but that's where we get the confidence 
to do the things that we do and to do them in a way that shows they mean something and we care about them. Yeah, amen. That is a, a wonderful statement, and I don't think I can add a whole lot to that other than thank you very much, and I totally agree that uh, prayer, 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 like Bishop Olson said, we need to pray for the presidential candidates. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for peace and also for the integrity of the system. Jonathan, thanks so much for inviting me here. It's great to see you. Everybody's got to come visit uh, Texas Values down here in Austin sometime. And uh, I want to invite you also to visit their website, txvalues.org. And again, you can find out information about their gala, which will be Friday night, right in North Texas. And so uh, thank you so much for your uh, commentary and also for that uh, great advice there at the end. We are going to take a break and when uh, the show continues I'm not even going to say when we come back because I'm not coming back <laughs> uh, Cicel Anderson is going to take the helm and Cicel is a young person herself and she'll be handling the young uh, Catholic professional segment of the program great guest and a great uh, conversation about evangelization spreading the gospel even if you're not the salesy type so that's coming up right after this God bless you Hi this is Fernando from the Highland School I am a fan of Catholic Radio and want a lot of people to tune in and hear the truth about our faith every day. Did you know that one of the best ways to promote Catholic Radio is by putting a bumper sticker on your car? You'd be surprised how many people tune in just because they saw a bumper sticker. If you want your own 9:10 a.m. bumper sticker, it's so easy. Just email the station's executive director, Dave Palmer, at davepalmer at grnonline.com. He will mail one straight to you. Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake, and as real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas is hosting an Advent mission with Father Thomas Esposito. Father Esposito will reflect on the subject of Christmas. The talk will take place on Wednesdays, December 2nd and December 9th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. The event will take place in the church and space is limited to 225 participants. Father Esposito is also Assistant Professor of Theology at the University of Dallas. For more information, visit allsaintsdallas.org. Are you wanting to learn more about your faith? Do you need a local, reliable source for books faithful to the Magisterium? Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is the place for you. Located at the northwest corner of Coit and Campbell Road in far north Dallas, Sacred Heart has everything you need from gifts for everyone in your family, books for all ages, and beautiful religious art. You can reach them at 972-250-2100, or you can stay up to date on fun upcoming events at the store by visiting their website, sacredheartdallas.com. Um, what are you doing, Cecil? I'm trying to get the perfect selfie of myself and the 910 AM bumper sticker on my car. Oh, why? Haven't you heard? There's a stick up for 910 AM selfie raffle. There is? Yep. We're asking listeners to either send us their bumper sticker selfies or post them to our GRN DFW Facebook group. And every week until December 12th, we'll be doing a drawing for an awesome prize. Wow. Folks can email kth at grnonline.com to either get more bumper stickers or to send us their photos. Now, do you mind moving, Dave? You're blocking my son. Oh. Hello. Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company 
that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic life insurance, you can contact Larry Lindzen or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. And welcome back to the Good News Show. This is Cecil Anderson. I hope you enjoyed the last segment with Dave and Jonathan down in Austin. That was such a really last minute thing, but I'm glad Dave was able to do it. I think it added some excitement to our noon show. Um, as Dave mentioned, we are going to go, we are blessed every month to have the Young Catholic Professional segment for the second half of our show. And usually Jen Ba or Peter Blute line up a great guest and usually interview them themselves. But this time I've uh, got the honor of doing so. Um, and if you're not familiar with Young Catholic Professionals, they are a nonprofit whose mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults working in various professions to work and witness for Christ. Um, and it's actually started right here in Dallas. Jen Ball started about 10 years ago. I think this is the 10th anniversary. And it's now, I think, in like 33 different, they have 33 different chapters across um, the country. And I think our guests can maybe verify that for me. But I am very happy to welcome to the program Andrew Spangler, who is YCP's new VP of Mission Development. So thank you so much for being on today with us, me, Andrew. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of Glad to be here. Of course. So first off, um, that is, it's very new, your position, the VP of Mission Development. Can you tell me kind of what that is? Uh, yeah, so I am uh, going to be helping with the donor relations and uh, working to help grow the uh, YCP Young Catholic Professionals uh, organization. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to be a part of the team. Uh, just started a couple weeks ago, and I've just been, you know, getting my feet wet. But uh, it's been really exciting and really good, uh, happy about the opportunity to uh, grow YCP uh, all, over, all over the country. That's awesome. And I like that this is only a few weeks into your job, and they've already put you on the radio. So yeah. <laughs> really getting your feet wet. Exactly. Uh, so could you just introduce yourself a little bit, your background, your faith background, your professional background, uh, just so we can get to know you a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so uh, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska. Um, I'm the oldest of eight, uh, eight kids. Uh, I grew up Catholic. Uh, if being the oldest of eight kids didn't uh, give it away. Um, but uh, I met my wife in college. Uh, shout out to Benedictine College oh, in Atchison, Kansas. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we've uh, known each other for about 12 years. I've been married for four. Um, you know, and prior to working with YCP, uh, I'd been in the material handling industry, working from some different forklift companies uh, in the country. And I uh, worked as both a salesman and a sales manager. Um I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic schools, Catholic high school, Catholic grade school, Catholic college. Uh, and then, you know, you get into the real working world uh, where not everyone is Catholic. Um, and I learned that, uh, you know, I need to really start working on my faith. Uh, you know, I wasn't as surrounded by it as I was before. Um, but moved from small town Nebraska to uh, of about 4,000 people to Houston, Texas, city of about 8 million people. And, uh, you know, most racially diverse city in the United States, Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my wife and I would make a point to go to different uh, Catholic churches. We'd go to Catholic church hopping, uh, <laughs> like we, we called it. And uh, we'd go to different Catholic churches around Houston. Uh, you know, we went to different uh, Catholic masses and 
we went to one in southwest Houston that was said in Arabic. went to one that was uh, predominantly attended by uh, black people. And uh, let me tell you, that was a mass that was probably the most welcoming experience, mass experience I've ever had, mm. was going to that mass in St. Monica's in, in uh, Houston. Um, you know, literally everyone in the church came up to us, welcomed us to their parish. It was pre-COVID, so they shook our hands, welcomed <laughs> us, invited us to come back next week. It was really great. It was a really cool experience. And, you know, going to all these different Catholic churches, they gave me a very well-rounded view of the universality of the Catholic Church. Mm. And I've always appreciated that about the Catholic Church is, is the universality of it. Mm. And uh, what was your professional background before you came to YCP? Uh, yeah, so I was I was working in the uh, uh, material handling industry. So I was um, uh, working in the forklift world. I was working as a, uh, at first a salesman and then uh, eventually a sales manager and then a regional sales manager. I was covering kind of the South Central United States uh, for, for a forklift company. That's cool. Did you ever get to drive there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you ever need lessons, I can teach you. Perfect. I've always <laughs> wanted to learn, but I'm also terrified. <laughs> yeah. um, so when did you hear about YCB? You're, you were moved to Houston. Uh, is that Did you get connected yeah. with the Houston chapter? And when did that happen? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, I've, I've participated in multiple uh, cities of YCP now. Uh, I discovered YCP when I was uh, about seven years ago when I moved from Nebraska to Houston. Uh, I packed all my personal possessions into one car uh, didn't have money for a U-Haul, so I just put it all in the in the in the car. Wow! I moved myself down to Houston. Uh, I only knew one person in Houston, Texas. I had never visited Houston, Texas. Never stopped in Houston, uh, but I was moving and moved my whole life to, to Houston. And so I was trying to sort of make a new life in Houston, Texas. And uh, I don't know how I f- found out about YCP or there was an event happening, but somehow I found out that there was an event and decided to go. Um, but I ended up making some you know, lifelong friends through YCP in Houston that I'm still friends with today. Um, and, you know, fast forward a few years later, I, I'm moving to, getting ready to move to Dallas, uh, where my wife's family is. And uh, we knew that there was already an established YCP community in Dallas that we could just join right away. Um, and so growing up in a Catholic community, a real sol- really solid community in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, and you know, not everyone has that community, but mm. for me, it was often to be able to go from, you know, living in a really solid community in, in, in Nebraska to be able to join another one when I moved to Houston and then do it again with YCP when I moved, when I moved to Dallas. Mm. And so it was really unique and it's a really cool experience to be able to do that with YCP. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing that we are in the Bible Belt, really, but there are some amazing Catholic communities, very large yeah. Catholic communities in the South. Um but it, I heard from Jen that she said that both of your uh, in-laws served as YCP ex- executive speakers at some of the um, executive speaker series events. And so it's kind of always been something within your family a little bit. So yeah. what do you what do you see it as the need for? How do you see the need for this group um, for young people, um, especially yeah. especially right now, I feel like? Right. Yeah. So there's. um you know, there's a lot of uh, need for that Catholic community. Um, a lot of people, I feel like, are missing that in, you know, in their life, and is is that community of good people that have the same eternal perspective in mind. Um, you know, we all kind of get sometimes bogged in in, in the weeds, or got stuck in the weeds of our daily life, and it's really nice to be able to go to a place and go to a, a group of people that have something bigger in mind something that's more eternal in mind. 
Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's just a really good group of people that, um, you know, are going to help grow you personally and professionally. Um, as you know, as we're all living also in this world, but not of this world. Mm, absolutely. Um, Jen sent me a, a psalm, uh, a Bible verse for, um, that she, I think, would be great to get your comments on. It's from Psalm 96, uh, 2 through 4. It says, Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be pra- he is greatly to be praised. He is to be feared among all gods. Um, and as a Catholic, and you're in sales and sales strategy, what do you think this, how does this verse impact you, and what do you think it means to you, especially when we're talking about the renewal of the church and reaching out to others? Yeah. Well, and so there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people evangelize and uh, evangelizing is a very personal thing to a lot of different people, and you kind of have to do what, what works for you. Um, you know, for for me, um, I'm a big believer in, in leading by example, mm. and you know, the, you know, the whole mantra of they will know we are Christians by our love. Yes. Um, you know, so within the sales world, you know, there's a stereotype of the dishonest salesman or the used car salesman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and in my previous industry, the overwhelming majority of people were good honest salespeople. But I did know some of those people that were, you know, the used car salesman type. Um, and, you know, they encouraged me to also be dishonest and, you know, to make that quick buck. Um, mm. You know, but, but I always made it a point, you know, to respond or to, you know, really lead by example that, you know, hey, that's not, that's really not the right way to go about it. Um, you know, leading by example isn't always telling people that they're doing wrong, but sometimes it's just showing them that there's a different way to make money and be a good salesman while also being honest. Um, and, you know, through my experience of not pointing my finger and telling people, you know, hey, you're wrong, and mm-hmm. you just, you know, you show them that there's a different way, and, you know, you gain a lot more respect of that way, I think, uh, from a lot of people uh, by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not really just specifically an industry thing or a sales thing. It's really a life thing and a Catholic thing that, um, you know, you 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 show your Christians by your love. You know you show people that you are a um, you live by a good example um, in your in your just your daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had you know I've had people because of that. I think people um, I've had people reach out to me over the years. Um, you know sometimes people I haven't spoke to in, in in multiple years. I've had people you know reach out to me for advice on something or you know people that reach out to me for you know, just to get my opinion on hey what what should you do in this scenario type of thing. And I didn't really realize how frequently this happened to me until my wife recently pointed it out to me. And it was midnight and I was helping an old friend who I was in a really hard situation. Um, but the most common theme that happens when I'm in those conversations, why they contact me is that, you know, they always say, you know, they know I won't judge them for being in the situation they're in. Mm. Um, so it always brings, brings me back to the Mother Teresa quote of, uh, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. And, and ultimately, that's what we're all called to do, is, is to love one another as as he has loved us. Mm, absolutely. It's such a fine line, you know, um, evangelizing in your workplace that's not like a Christian uh, workplace. Well, when I was in college, I just remember thinking, am I doing enough? Am I being enough just being a Christian in my college setting? Am, but then you yeah. realize that God is always working and it's the Holy Spirit's working in people just by you simply being a Christian sometimes in front of somebody who maybe not have been 
exposed to that, exposed to someone who, exactly. you know, has been, it puts, tries to live out the love of Christ, you know? Exactly. And, and, you know, we're all on our own journey. We don't know what other people are going through. And sometimes just that example is all sometimes what people need. Um, you know, sometimes people need more, but a lot of times uh, it's just the fact that, you know, hey, I'm not going to judge you for what you're going through or, mm. you know, what what you've done in the past or whatever, you know, we're just, I'm called to love you. I'm called to just treat you as a good Catholic person. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't think I need to tell you, but right now I think young people especially are facing some difficulties. There is a lot of unrest in our um, culture right now, um, whether it's yeah. economic or social, it's, it's all over the place. And, and, Unfortunately, it means lots of young people are leaving the church and a lot, very staggering numbers. So it's kind of like the age old question of what do you do to bring them back into the fold? How can you? Is there like one simple method or what do you think? Well, there's it's it's a very complicated answer, but then I, I think it also can be simplified a lot of times. And just that you know, I think the best way to approach it is just simply like we talked about before is, you know, living by the way we preach, you know, uh, being a good example in the world and living by the deals that we're taught, you know, it, that brings a lot more people in than, uh, you know, telling people, Hey, you, you're wrong for doing X, Y, or Z. You know, it's important for us to, to realize that not, no one is perfect. And, you know, we're all, we're all trying to just run through this race of life, you know? And, uh, you know, but I think a lot of people right now, what I see as a reason why some people are maybe leaving the church uh, is that they're missing that community aspect of the church. And when I say the community, I don't just mean like the Sunday mass community. I mean like the gathering of good people we were kind of talking about before. You know, the people that we have the same eternal perspective in mind. Um, and some people sometimes get lost in the transition periods of, you know, when they live at home and they're in high school to being in college and then, you know, figuring out their respective vocations and living life and, you know, their daily life as, you know, young adults and adults. And, um, you know, so one way I think YCP does a good job of that is uh, bringing young people in. We've got in, in uh, April, in late April, early May, we have a, uh, we're hosting a conference here in Dallas, um, and we're really excited about it. Um I think, you know, the reason this conference is unique is that the YCP conference will have more Catholics that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Uh, we refer to that age, you know, that age group as the seasoned Catholics. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have discussions that are led by these seasoned Catholics uh, that are going to be able, you know, be able to interact both formally and informally with younger Catholic professionals through speed networking, small group mentorship, and be able to live as a witness for each other. Um, you know, I've been talking with one of my brothers that lives in Nebraska, and what we're both excited about is the gathering of the Catholics from all over the country. Uh, so my my brother might attend. I've got some friends from Houston that might be attending. And we're all looking forward to that community aspect of the church that's been missing, especially this past year with COVID. Um, so, I mean, listen to, listeners, if you're interested, I'll just do a little plug here. Just Please. Go to the www.ycpconference.org, and you can sign up to go to the conference. You can sign up to become a sponsor or just to find additional information about the conference there. And it's uh, yeah, just www.ycpconference.org. Just want to remind everybody that this is the YCP segment that we have on the Good News Show at once a month. And my guest is Andrew Spangler, YCP's new vice president of mission development. Um, and he's been on the phone. We've been discussing uh, the trials, that things, things that our young people are going through today, how to live your faith in your workplace. And we're just talking about the awesome 
conference that's going to be happening in April, which is really exciting. What was the theme of that conference again? Uh, it's uh, uh, the Saint. Saint Joseph is the patron, um, and uh, let's see. Oh wait, let's see. Um, working of our the work of our hands is the is the uh, very Saint Joseph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, you touched on a yeah. little bit about the transitional periods that um, that young adults go through. There's a lot. You know, you're going from living in your family's house to potentially going to college or joining the workforce and then joining the workforce and moving out and having to handle a lot of things, discerning your vocation on top of that. That's really hard because the world's telling you to like, go, 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 get to this next level. And you're also need to be thinking about what does God want you to do? And that's not always the first thing on our mind. (laughs) It's kind of hard. And you clearly are a very busy person too. You're a family man. You've got, um, you're working with YCP. Um, How do you, not let your faith take the back burner. How do you stay engaged with it? Well, um, you know, to tell the truth, it's, you know, it's something that is not a, um, it's something that's set in stone. It's something that I, I, I constantly have to work at. Um, you know, we all get busy. We all have times when we, uh, you know, maybe forget something or forget how, you know, how big, sometimes just in our daily life, we just get stuck in the weeds like we talked about before. Um, but, you know, really just constantly, uh, challenging myself and, you know, my, aside from my daily personal prayer, I, I try to add something new to it, uh, occasionally, uh, just so it doesn't become so monotonous. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, morning prayer, you can get distracted. You, you start saying the prayers and then, you know, you start looking at something and you think about, Oh, I got to do this today. <laughs> do this <laughs> yeah. today. It, you know, you, it, your life happens and, and you, it's, we're part of this world, so it's it's okay that, that that happens, but it's just something you have to consciously reapply to yourself, reintroduce uh, yourself to just you know constantly challenging uh, that hey I need to I need to get back to this I need to constantly challenge myself to be to be better. Mm, absolutely. Um, so yeah. we only have a few minutes remaining, Andrew. Um, unless there's anything that I missed and you want to talk about, I was thinking if you have any updates about what's happening in YCP, are there new chapters on the horizon being opened up? Was I right when I said there's about 33 chapters open right now, or, or am I completely uh, off on that? I think it's right around there. Um, we just opened a, a chapter in, uh, we're about to open a chapter in St. Louis, uh, and there's a, we are talking and having discussions in the, uh, the Northeast, uh, New England area mm. of the country, and um, you know that yeah. I mean, YCP is growing; it's growing fast, you know. And we really, the biggest uh, you know challenge that we're facing is simply the uh, is the money aspect. Is the you know mm. having the money to set up businesses and, and franchises in these uh, new areas, and you know. So obviously, you know, everyone there's a ton of Catholic uh, organizations that are great and. Uh, they're doing really fun, you know, phenomenal work. Um, but, you know, if we can become a part of that in some people's uh, giving and, you know, and, and become part of that conversation, it's something that we uh, would really be, appreciate. And um, it's something that I think would be would do really good work for what's happening in the world today, uh, especially as we, like we said, we're, we're trans- we've got a lot of people that are transitioning from college life to professional life and, they're getting lost in that in that transition, mm. and uh, this is a way to combat that. 
Yeah, definitely. If anyone listening um, is hearing about YCP and thinks this is something that they want to help support, you can go to their website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, and very conveniently right at the top, there's a little donate button. So I'm sure they would appreciate any um, financial help as well as always prayers for the organization um how have you all been doing with the pandemic i know we've been talking i think jen had talked about in the last few months y'all did a lot of um uh virtual kind of happy hour sort of events are some events able to start having their in-person events starting to happen does it depend on the city like in dallas i are they having any um dallas and fort worth any in-person events yeah they had a an event uh earlier this oh i guess late late uh of october um, it was a, uh, an outside event. Um, but yeah, it's, it really just depends on the city, what, you know, what's happening in the city with the COVID, uh, virus and, um, and, you know, how, what, what the numbers are and, and really depends on the city. So the best way to find that is to go to your, uh, to the YCP, uh, youngcatholicprofessionals.org and you can go to, uh, specify your specific city and you can find out the events, uh, that are happening in each city individually. Uh, because it's it's such a fluid thing with this virus. Uh, we've got people that are you know in in areas that are more affected by it than others, and so it, it rather than saying a blanket statement, I'd just say that go to your individual pages, and uh, that's going to be the best way to find out where the events are and uh, find out which cities are doing what and and when. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on uh, with me. This has been Andrew Spangler with uh, the new VP of Mission Development for YCP. Um, and did you say you're on, working on moving to Dallas or are you already here? So I'm here now. I live uh, I live up near Plano. So awesome. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the area. <laughs> We're so thank glad to you. have you. Happy to be here. Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you for you know taking the time and letting us come on this interview. It's really uh pretty awesome that you allow us to come here of course uh, once a month of course absolutely to find out more again go to white youngcatholicprofessionals.org andrew thank you so much for coming on and thanks to jen ba for setting this up and i believe she's a little bit under the weather so please pray for her yeah. to be feeling better she's got a little one now yeah. and uh, that's a lot of work <laughs> so um <laughs> thank you so yeah. much andrew and hope to speak with you again yeah, soon you, of course Appreciate you. Thank you, have a good day. you too bye all right, that's about wraps it up for the good news show today. I hope you enjoyed all of the discussions we had. I'm going to just mention real quick again that we are in the middle of our stick up for 9, 10 a.m. campaign, and we have added a new raffle element to it, the selfie raffle. So if you heard at the beginning of the show, you can take a selfie or a picture of your 9, 10 a.m. bumper sticker, whether it's on your car, on your suitcase, whatever it is, and you can either email it to kth 9, 10 a.m., uh, sorry, kth at grnonline.com, or you can post it to our Facebook group, and then there'll be a raffle every week until December 12th. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
All young men interested in learning more about the priesthood are invited to attend the next St. Andrew's Breakfast on Saturday morning, December 19th at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller, beginning at 9 a.m. The day will begin with the celebration of Mass, followed by brunch. All young men in high school and college interested in learning more about the vocation to the priesthood are encouraged to participate. With limited space, please reserve your spot by December 15th to the vocations office by calling 817-945-9321. Did you know that the Knights of Columbus donated over $175 million to charity and volunteered over 75 million hours last year? They accomplished this with almost 2 million members. And with you joining the Knights of Columbus, we can give you an outlet to get involved. This is merely an opportunity, not an obligation, and your level of involvement will be completely up to you and your family. Join online today at www.knights.net. That's www.knights.net. All KTH 910 AM listeners are invited to the White Rose Women's Center Virtual Benefit Dinner on Saturday, November 14th, beginning at 7.30 p.m. The online event will feature a silent auction and a keynote address by Dallas Auxiliary Bishop Greg Kelly. The Virtual Benefit Dinner will be live-streamed via the White Rose Women's Center Facebook page and at stjosephhelpers.org. The center provides counseling and support to women with unplanned pregnancies so they can choose life for their babies. For more information, visit stjosephhelpers.org. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and longtime sponsor of GRN. I have been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese for the past eight years, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.